1: qualify for an average of seven discounts so multitask right now get your quote now at progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates national average 12-month savings of 744 dollars by new customers surveyed who saved with progressive between june 2022 and may 2023 potential savings will vary discounts not available in all states and situations
0: pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me So part of me that was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to go through that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, definitely. Just, that's just the human element of it. Uh, just seeing the results, you're definitely like, Phew. If there was any year to miss, I missed the great one. So.
1: Jaguars running back Travis ATN, He got that right. Out for the year with a torn ACL. He missed the right year because it was the Urban Meyer debacle. ATN. <laughs> Healthy and grinding here. Second season, okay, uh, that that will be fine. Uh, so, uh, the, and let uh, we, we play that because we're going to start with the Jaguars, and what we're going to do is we're going to try to figure out where the bar is that separates failure from success for a handful of teams that we think we don't really know where the bar is. And when I look at the AFC, I see thirteen contenders, and I see three teams that really aren't contenders: in the Jaguars, the Texans and the jets so let's start with the jaguars yeah and and before we try to gauge what the expectation should be let's hear from another guy who came from clemson via round one last year who didn't get to avoid the debacle with a torn acl who played the full season trevor lawrence talking about the guy who replaces urban meyer new coach doug peterson here's trevor lawrence from yesterday
0: I really like his demeanor. He's really, really calm. I mean, similar, honestly, to, to Coach Bevel, as far as demeanor, really calm, never gets too high or too low. Um, so I really like that. That's the type of guy I like to be around. And then as far as just offensively, bring some different things to the table. Obviously, we haven't been together for long. They only really started on, on Monday, so can't say too much right now. But really like the way he thinks about things and just how he, the offense is so complimentary. Um, and just how he schemes things up. I think it's, he does a really good job of fighting the weak points of defenses and exposing them, and I just think he's really smart. And being able to talk to him, I think we align pretty well, and we're, we're on the same page.
1: Yeah, it's been pretty good so far. Hasn't abandoned the team for multiple days yet. Hasn't had any embarrassing videos surface yet. Hasn't kicked any kickers yet, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Pretty good so far. <laughs> and really, the bar is low in Jacksonville, thanks to Urban Meyer. He pushed the bar down and jumped on it. So what does it take for Doug Peterson, who's got a Super Bowl win on his resume? What does it take for the Jaguars to be regarded as successful? What's the minimum they have to do for
0: people to say, okay, this team may be on the right track? I I mean, I I don't think the expectations are real high. I like what they did in free agency. We know they got a young football team still, but some young, talented dudes. I, I, I almost look at it like, you know, you get to six wins. I, I feel like I look at it and go, that, that's you had a good year. Things are going in the right direction. Uh, you get to seven and go seven and 10, I'd go, wow, that's a little surprising. But I think six is where I kind of look at the bar of going, all right, things are in the right direction. We got young guys. Peterson's instilled a new culture there a little bit. He knows, of course, what it takes to win as a player and a coach. He knows what it takes there. He understands how to massage the relationship with a rookie quarterback who's the franchise guy. He's seen that as a player and as a coach as well, whether he was in Green Bay backing up Brett Favre. He saw how that was handled. And, of course, he had to handle Carson Wentz as a rookie and did a really damn good job early in his career. So, I don't know, Mike. That six is what I look at. What do you think, man?
1: Well, we got the regular season win totals at points bet. And I'm looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. As I click on the link, the over under is six and a half. Mm. That seems a little high, doesn't it? They're playing the teams of the AFC West. Okay. Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. They're playing the teams of the NFC East. NFC East. A little easier than the AFC West. Right. They've got the Colts twice. They've got the Texans twice and, and the, the Texans handled them last year and they've got the Titans twice. So I think it's a little much to expect an over of six and a half. I agree with you. If they get to six wins, that's a pretty damn good year. Cause remember there's 17 games now, six and 11. That's, that's a sign that they are moving in the right direction. And if they somehow are in potential playoff contention in the final few weeks of the season, that that's, that's cause for celebration. In Jacksonville. So, yeah, I think six wins. If they get there, then they made the right hire with Peterson. They've got the right quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, and they've exercised the demons of Urban Meyer, and they've moved forward with something that they could build on in 2023.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I think you add that with, oh, wait, Travis, ATN is going to be back. Give us some more juice there. You get a guy like Brandon Scherf, who's an all-pro guard, you know, Evan Ingram, who has potential of a superstar tight end, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, you know, Foye Aluakon. They, they did a really good job to change the look and the feel of their team, too, to kind of get the bad taste of Urban Meyer out of there, to, to where you're not going to have that many guys in the locker room who are going to be, like, you know, you know, too ingrained in the Urban Meyer way or thought process, and I think that's a positive. A team that the Jaguars have
1: something in common with. Uh, They haven't been very good in the past several years. In fact, the Jaguars have been better since 2016, at least as it relates to getting to the playoffs and almost getting to the Super Bowl than the Denver Broncos, who haven't whiffed the postseason since winning Super Bowl 50. Here's Cortland Sutton, Broncos receiver on the team's new quarterback, Russell Wilson.
0: I think that you all can feel it. I mean, we all can feel it. The juice is just, it's, it's, it's different. You know, I wasn't around when Peyton came, was here. But um, from what I'm hearing, the, everyone that was here when Peyton was here is, you know, the, the, the juice and the energy is pretty similar. You know, knowing that we have a, a guy that's, that has, has, has been at the top of that mountain before, has won the Super Bowl before, does know what it's like to be, you know, at the, at the highest level, you know, for his position and to, and to, you know, lead a team to a Super Bowl. And, you know i think everyone in the in the building understands the the expectation the the standards are being ri- been risen to you know everyone's best
1: this is an example of the quality that separates quarterbacks from leaders from the guys who walk in the door and everything changes the guy whose mere presence inspires everyone in the facility who has anything to do with the football operation in any way, shape, or form, or any shape, way, or form, as the case may be, to to do their jobs better. It's an inspiration. It's a leader. It's a presence. It's an intangible. It's why I won't completely dismiss the impact of quarterbacks on winning. Because if you have a quarterback like that right, who, who just gets everyone yep. a little more focused, a little more driven, a little more hungry – And a little more eager to please that guy. You want to get the approval of that guy. That's a guy that I want to say to me, good job. That it's going to feel damn good when he comes to me and he says, you did a good job today. That's what Russell Wilson brings. Peyton Manning had it. Tom Brady has it. Aaron Rodgers, to a certain extent, has it. There aren't many that have it. And Russell Wilson has it, and that's the difference he brings walking through the door and that's that's the thread back to Peyton
0: Manning. yeah, agreed you know I think you could probably put Patrick Mahomes in that category right yeah you know I would probably even put Josh Allen there even though he hasn't made the to the mountain well, accomplishments yet. But but your accomplishments yes, get you there I get you I, I know what you're saying but yeah I, I mike i'm I'm you're spot on it is real there there is some influence in winning and bottom line there for sure. You know, a great leader, a great player walking into a locker room either way gets people in the locker room excited. When it's a quarterback, it's a double whammy. It's, it's like it's, there's even more to it. Yeah, you know, not only a great leader, but wait, this is the guy that's got the ball in his hands the most, and damn, he's got ice in his veins, and he's as clutch as they, can, they come. Man, oh wait, who we we playing this week? It doesn't matter. We got Russell Wilson as our quarterback. We think we can win. That's what he does to an organization. You know, let alone keep your team fighting and, and playing hard when they're not playing good and maybe losing in a regular season game because they're just going, we just keep within 10 points with Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter, we'll have a chance. That is real. It's tangible, in my opinion. I'm with you all the way. And Let alone it filters over to the practice field like Cortland Sutton saying. Yeah, I mean, you know you've you know, you got to be on your P's and Q's with Russell Wilson at quarterback. He, he's, he's just not going to, he's going to, has a standard. He's not going to expect anything less. He's, you know, going to tattletale on you or be disappointed on you if you're not doing the right thing. That's the way it is with a good quarterback. Sorry. Get the hell out of here. Get the next guy in here who does it right. And that goes a long way. So, you know, Denver got a lot of talent on the team. Certainly some good juice with Russell Wilson. Where's the bar for you, Mike? I mean, playoffs for sure. I think that's what I say for their bar. I go playoffs. AFC South and NFC West are the divisions that they play
1: every team from in addition to their six games against the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers. I think for it to be successful, for what they've done to work, I think they have to get to the playoffs. And right? it's not going to be easy. Yeah. They could be a better team than they were last year and right. still not make it. Mm-hmm. You've got some great teams. And injuries, I think, are going to be the big factor here. And you know, I, I, Every year as the season approaches, I think, what well, we spent all this time talking about all the things we talk about in the off season. And the one thing that you really can't talk about intelligently is injuries because you never know who they're going to happen to, but they will change everything. And if they can stay healthy and if Russell Wilson can stay healthy, because he had that fluke last year when his hand hit Aaron Donald's helmet and he'll face Aaron Donald. Maybe, maybe that'll be the first game of the season. Peter King was suggesting Broncos at Rams to open the season on that Thursday night. That would be something. But uh, if, if Wilson can stay healthy and the key contributors can stay healthy, I think the expectation is even with a second year GM and a first year head coach that this team needs to get to the playoffs to justify the move they made to get Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, I think so. I I mean, if they were 10 and seven or 11 and six and didn't make it, you know, you'd go, okay, great, you know, but it still uh, didn't make the playoffs, but everything's going the way you want it to. But, yeah, I think playoffs as a bottom line is is pretty real there. And, man, Cortland Sutton, you know, another year of fully being back healthy. Wilson's weapons, the defense. I mean, the Broncos, they're one of those teams to watch out for. That's for sure. The Miami Dolphins are a team to watch out for, although we're not quite sure what to make of where
1: they should be, in part because we're not quite sure what Tua Tongavailoa is going to be in the Mike McDaniel offense. Here's Tua regarding the new coaching staff uh and how he feels moving forward given the changes that the dolphins have made
0: to be able to have our oc my quarterback's coach our head coach uh here in support of this to me i you know i have never never witnessed that so we have all three of those guys here Um, and to have my teammates here we hang out at my house all the time so i'll probably see them at the after party (laughs)
1: I botched the throw, as I often do. It was about the support he was feeling from having coaches present for a charity event. And it's little things like that that show whether or not a team is all in with Tua. And they're clearly all in with Tua. For better or for worse, this year is all about getting the most out of Tua andor eliminating any excuses and whittling it down to can he get it done. We have a coach who's going to try to get the most out of him. We have a supporting cast around him that's going to elevate him. Can he step up to this moment? So, Chris, for the Dolphins in the AFC East playing the teams of the AFC North and the NFC North this season,
0: what's the bar for you for the Miami Dolphins? It's interesting because, you know, you see points bet with their win totals eight and a half, which I think is a little, like, surprising to see, a little, because you just go away. They won more than that the last two years. And they added Tyree Kill and some other people to their football team where you go, well, their roster I think is better. So, obviously, I guess the the coaching hire or whatever maybe leads to a little trepidation there. I don't know. It's hard. They're a hard one to figure out, as far as where's that bar. Definitely, that division, we know the Patriots and Bills, they're real. I expect them both to be playoff teams again this year. The Jets are going to be better. So, maybe that's why the lower number. But, I – bar, I I mean – I. I guess I, I almost want to say the bar is kind of where they were the last two years. Fringe playoffs, you know, maybe get in, you know, maybe don't. I think the, but anything in that range, 9, 10 wins, and if they do or don't get in the playoffs, I still think is good and things are going in the right direction. What do they need to do? Specifically, what does Tua need to do
1: to kill the possibility of Tom Brady doing in 2023 what he almost did in 2022 and next year there's no barrier to tom brady becoming a member of the miami dolphins because his contract will be up barring an extension no tag clause in his deal he's a free agent after this year and we know, and it's people are starting to realize. Hey, this is a pretty big story that the Dolphins were going to make a play for Tom Brady, and they were going to make him a minority owner, and then he was going to unretire. It's starting to hit people to in Sean the face, Pace. right? People are starting to realize. Yeah. People are starting to realize, and and I still think ESPN is going to report it on the first Sunday of the regular season and act like it had never been discussed. Breaking before. news. <laughs> yes, but uh, what does Tua have to do to
0: to end that? He's got to. A- win football games, stay healthy, you know, win some big football games. That's yet to happen. But I think more importantly, like, show the ability to make plays outside the realm of the scheme itself. You know, not that it has to be Mahomes or Josh Allen and he spun out of here and threw a sidearm ball 40 yards across the other side of the field. Not that, but – you know, fitting balls into tight windows. Oh man, there's there's nobody really open, the pockets collapsing. Ooh, there's a you know a little sliver of a spot to put the ball. Oh, we put it there. Great. You know, getting out of harm's way every now and then and making a play. It's gotta be more of that. You know, that's why you heard players and teams make fun of Tua last year, because there was never any of that. It was, oh, all this trickeration to throw the ball right here and let everybody else do the work and that's where you know they just you got to see a guy that can make some plays and do some things on his own not always be massaged by the offense
1: big throw in a big spot in a big game that's right that's what it comes down that's to. right he's got to so. do that yeah and and if he doesn't they may very well be interested in a guy who can we know that Stephen ross wants tom brady part of the organization and mike mcdaniel and That san francisco coaching staff that that, you know, at least evaluate it. Wouldn't that, I mean, from McDaniel's standpoint, hey, Kyle didn't want this guy in 2020. <laughs> yeah, this right. is this is my chance to show what we could have done with Tom Brady in this offense. So it's going to continue. And I feel bad for Tua. He had Deshaun Watson hovering over him most of last year. He's going to have Tom Brady hovering, hovering, hovering over him much of this year if more and more people start paying attention to what we've been talking about for over a month now let's take a break when we return we'll explore the draft needs for the teams of the AFC North we'll do that next on this Wednesday edition of BFT Live
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, Reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil
1: I love it. Joe Burrow throwing out the first pitch at the Reds home opener, and Zach Taylor makes the catch. You know, Burrow really didn't put anything. No, on No, I'm a little
0: disappointed there. I'm a little disappointed.
1: I wanted to see the windup. That would have been too. a chance for him. You know, when you're when you're having a catch with someone every once in a while you, you you want one that they, that they feel, you know, when it, when it comes in hot and you got to put the glove up and it hits you in the spot where the webbing isn't. And you, and you just, you know, you got a chance to give coach a stinger like that. I,
0: I wish, I wish Burrow would have cranked it a little bit harder. Uh, agreed. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I mean, you just want to, you know, he threw it kind of like a football and kept that in motion. I'd want to. I want to see the arm, you know, go down like a baseball pitcher high leg kick, and I wanted to see him bring the heat to Zach Taylor. I want to see Zach Taylor have to work a little too. That was too comfortable. Way too comfortable.
1: It, It is amazing there to see how effortless he can throw a ball. That you know, we've seen many opening pitches go badly. For somebody who can't just make that very casual, simple throw. For him, it's no, nothing. It's it, just it's nothing. nothing. He, no, yeah. he really he really could have put a welt on Zach Taylor's left hand if he wanted to do it. Definitely, um, Mike, right. one of the uh, by things, way, I was going go to say. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead I was go just going
0: to say, one of the things that I definitely learned in the pregame of the Super Bowl this year was, I mean, I knew Joe Burrow had a good arm. I knew that. But it was better in person than I thought. It really was. He's got a—he's a bigger guy than we think in person, and he can do it with just ease. And 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 that was—it—it popped to me when I saw it in person. I was a little surprised by it. If you saw T. Higgins, he—he has had surgery to repair a torn
1: labrum in his shoulder. He'll be fine for training camp. If you're a Bengals fan and you're curious about the sling that uh, that Higgins had on his arm. All right, AFC North team needs for the draft. Let's start with the Bengals. They have the 31st overall pick, drafting very low for a chains, and they have to be happy about that. Uh, They have gone offense with each of their last five first-round picks. They have eight total picks. They can't leave this draft without addressing what,
0: Chris? I, I don't think it's anything on the offensive side of the ball. They added three starters to their offensive line in free agency, so I go, okay, that's good. You know, they they lost, uh, you know, C.J. Uzoma right to the Jets, but they got Hayden Hurst, who's got some talent and potential. was a reason he was a first-round pick. So I do think it's defense, and I look at it, and I think it's really – I want to say another pass rusher, really. Again, we know Trey Henderson's the man. Hubbard is very good on the other end, but you look at their roster in totality, I don't see any one area to go, oh, they're desperate. Maybe if there was a big-time stand-up linebacker, you know, maybe you make that move. But, I mean, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, they're good players. They are. But I guess if I was looking at it, I'd probably go, man, if there was a difference-making pass-rush DN there at the end of the first round or even the second round when they have picks there, that's, that's the one I think I look at more than anything, Mike.
1: I still think the imperative of protecting Joe Burrow now and in the future requires them another asset to continue or two. to address yeah. the offensive line and a lot of it look, defensive line or offensive line. Yeah. Let's see who slips through the cracks sure. on the first 30 picks. Let's see who's still there. But I think either line of scrimmage is where they need to focus. I don't but disagree I would with on your the offensive line side of another either. body yeah. to protect Joe Burrow now and in the future whether it's because you need homegrown guys, you need free agents, you need a mixture, but your priority at this point, you got the receivers, you've got Joe Mixon, your defense is good enough, the offensive line is the clear liability where I wouldn't have any problem with them using all their draft picks on offensive linemen this year.
0: I I don't think you're – I mean, I would expect them to draft somebody in the mid-rounds for sure. I don't know if I think it'll happen in the first round or the second round just because of so many – like we talked about, the assets in free agency. But – I'm with you there. That it can't be neglected just because you got three guys in free agency. No no question that they need to improve that depth there. They have another young guy and that they drafted in the second round out of Clemson last year in Jackson Carmen. So they do got that going, but. You know, it's, I don't think your thought's wrong there. Uh, you look at their roster and you go, damn, it's pretty good. Maybe corner two, maybe. You know, a lot of people on Eli Apple, I want to go, everybody relax with Eli Apple. He had a good year. He played well. You put anybody on an island against Cooper Cup at the end of the game with no help, it was going to be a rough day. And Eli Apple, unfortunately, drew the, the short straw there. We could have put anybody in football on him over there. It would have been rough at the end of that Super Bowl. So everybody has to back off Eli Apple a little bit. And remember that little cheat to the inside. That's not something he thought of on
1: his own. He was coached to cheat would, to the inside based so, on film study. Right. And that was where they ran the okey-doke and Cup did the fade instead of the cross yep. and uh, and set him up with, with past tendencies of the Rams. Let's focus on the Steelers now. 20th overall pick. They also had the 20th pick in 2019. They traded up 10 spots to get linebacker Devin Bush. We know they will trade up for guys they like. They can't leave this draft without
0: addressing what, Chris? I think a defensive tackle, Mike. I think that's where I specifically go for, For hey, it's the Steelers. They always got a beast in the middle of their defense. I know they got Cam Hayward there right now. But we're getting to the end here. Cam Hayward, I know he's still playing good. It's amazing. He's a freak of nature. But we're in, what, year 11? Maybe 12? It's somewhere in that category. I need to 12. look. 12. 12. He was a 2011 first rounder. So you got to start thinking for the future. Stephon Tuitt, who's there, who's a good player, but hurt all the time. So that, to me, is the one area I look. I know they got some offensive line issues, too. Um, uh, they got Miles Jacket, linebacker. I-, I guess that's where I look. I think it's time Pittsburgh start thinking about uh, difference-making defensive tackle for the next wave of the Blitzburg defense. I'll say
1: quarterback if they love one of these guys. If they love one of these guys, go get him. There's been some chatter about Malik Willis being Mm -hmm. the guy that they like the most of the available quarterbacks. Go get him. Do like you did with Troy Polamalu. Trade up and get him. Santonio Holmes, the Super Bowl MVP. Trade up and get him. If there's a guy you like, keep your cards close to the vest. But when the time comes, make the move and go get Malik Willis if, if you think you can, if you really like him. Because they can't afford to start into this post Ben Roethlisberger period with quarterbacks who aren't franchise caliber. And if Malik Willis doesn't work out, you can you can try to find another one in a few years. The world has changed dramatically. That's right. From a financial standpoint is okay. to what you pay a quarterback on a rookie contract, even if they trade into the top ten to get him, it's not gonna be a huge financial burden. Um Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll continue with the AFC North draft needs. The Browns and the team that used to be the Browns, the Ravens, when PFG Live continues right after. This. The Browns are the Browns. The Browns were the Browns. Browns. All right, we got the Browns and we got the Ravens still to go in the AFC North. Draft needs. Let's start with the Browns. Disappointing year. Last year, they have added Deshaun Watson. That's basically their 2022 draft, but they still have seven picks. Two in round three, two in round seven. 13th overall pick was part of the Deshaun Watson package. They can't emerge from this year's draft without addressing what, Chris?
0: Uh, there, there's They have, to me, two glaring needs for sure. And I'm gonna kind of unpack. I mean, wide receiver is definitely one that they need another guy. I mean, you're gonna give Deshaun Watson all that money and make him the guy. It can't just be Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones. There's got to be somebody else there added to the group, at least in my opinion. The other one is you should get you get the defensive line, Mike. I mean, I almost. Defensive tackle, probably more specifically, they only have three on the roster right now. You could justify anybody, though. Defensive end, too. I mean, again, Jadeveon Clowney's not there. Malik Jackson's gone. Um, Malik McDowell, he's a free agent. I don't think they re-signed him. I could be wrong. But all uh, all those, I, I just I look at that, and I think you know, those are the two positions that hit me the hardest. I guess I would say the wide receiver position is the one I look at to be the most glaring that they can't leave the draft with. But but either one of those are, are a big need for, for me. Yeah, you don't want to have Quincy Avery, the personal
1: quarterbacks coach of Deshaun Watson, repeating his comment about it's a bunch of guys catching passes who otherwise would be working at Walmart. You need to beef up the receiving core. You've made the investment in Deshaun Watson. It's a fundamental shift in their offense. You know, they've got Kareem Hunt. They've got Nick Chubb at running back. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot more to justify the investment to Sean Watson. They need pass catchers and, and there should be plenty out there for them to get when it's time for them to make their pick. So I agree with you on that. Let's pivot to the Baltimore Ravens. They have the 14th overall pick. They haven't picked before number 25 since 2017, when they got Marlon Humphrey at number 16, 10 total picks two in round three, five in round four. What, uh, what do you think there? Their key need is for the draft.
0: Yeah. They're, uh, you know, I I don't mean to like sound like I'm repeating myself here, but I I feel like it's time for them to go defensive line, defensive tackle specifically. Calais Campbell, with the age he's at, I feel like this is one of the first times really as we're getting, you know, through all these eras of Baltimore Ravens football where they don't necessarily have that. Marquee interior defense alignment, or a, a whole plethora of them, to where you just go, oh my gosh, they're so big, they're unbelievable that way. So, I guess that's where I look at uh, more than anything. I know offensive line, they could probably use a player or two there, but to me, a big time defensive tackle, interior defensive line of Calais Campbell, you know, those kind of guys, that type of guy is needed there in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Now, Campbell is back. I know, he but he's up a there. He doesn't right. have a lot left. Right. Offensive line is an area, there's still question marks about Ronnie Stanley's health. And, uh, you know, the, the the draft is a critical tool for the Ravens. Eric DaCosta, the GM of the team, made that clear last week. That continues to be their primary focal point for finding players who become the future of the team. And, and this is a team that I think on both lines, offensive and defensive, they, they need to get better let's go ahead and take a break we'll be back with more pfc live right after this aaron Rodgers at a charity flag football event in orange county california throws the interception the kid hands in the ball hey kid I love you! Look at this! This is good. here you go, Mr. I love Rogers. How Rogers Here's a he guy. And he throws it at him and he misses. It. Now I think he intended to miss him. I think but so too. My son pointed out last night it, it looked a lot like the old United Way commercial from when Peyton Manning hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he was right. Throwing the balls at the kid.
0: Oh, can, oh. Get your head out of your ass. You suck. Let's go, let's go, get back in here. <laughs> I think that really that's hurt great. that kid there. I think that kid that's was legitimately great. like, ow, that hurts.
1: That's that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. And I really would love to know, did he mean to hit the kid or did he mean to just miss him? That's that,
0: what I'd love to I know. know. I know. Think, I think he pulled the trigger and, and deliberately just missed him at the last second. I think he thought about like just putting it on his back or his butt, and then he realized, like, wait – I have a strong arm, and this NFL ball is heavy, and that guy's not that big. Let me not do that to him. <laughs>
1: that was like the Old West when they'd tell him to dance, right? The kid had no <laughs> right, idea right. that he should have danced. It just whizzed right by his feet. All right. Uh, Peyton Manning did not have a very good supporting cast in that United Way commercial. Our draft today, the best supporting casts for quarterbacks currently in the NFL, post-free agency pre-draft. Chris, oh, you've got a question, a trivia question for Ooh. me to determine the first pick. Okay.
0: Uh-oh. Drum roll, please. What team led the NFL in total yards last season, Mike? Total
1: offense last year. I mean the Chiefs would be the most obvious pick, so it's not them. I'll say mm-hmm, I'll say the Bengals. Nope. It would be the Cowboys. Wow, the yep. Cowboys. They also led the NFL in total points. Should have thought of that. Yep. They were scoring a lot of points last year. They were giving up a lot of points, too, even though their defense was supposedly better. It was better in comparison to the year before. All right, you get the first pick. Gosh,
0: I don't know where to go here. You know, supporting cast, too. I mean, I, I know we, we were originally you want to just think of, like, the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. So let's just go there. You know, and then you don't, you know, fill, take in the offensive of line. Um, you know what, though? Screw it. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I am. I, I, I'm going to go with them right now. I mean, first off, Jamar Chase is arguably the best receiver in football, period. I don't really care what anybody says, rookie, whatever. He's amazing. So him, T. Higgins, Boyd, you know, Hayden Hurst at tight end. Oh, wait, Joe Mixon, arguably a top five running back in football. And then they added the O-line. That It's going to be better. I know that. I don't know how good. We'll see. But better for sure. I'll go with them. It's a pretty damn good supporting cast.
1: That was the first one on my list without question. Okay, good. It was. I was. All right. All right. Need some help. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with the Dolphins based upon where they currently are. You add Tyree kill. Are you kidding me? You got Jalen Waddle, who was phenomenal last year. You add Toronto Armstead to make the offensive line better. Raheem Mostert is now on the team at the running back position. So, and Chase Edmonds also came over from Arizona. This is no excuses for Tua. This is great supporting cast for Tua. Uh, One of the best quietly supporting cast in the NFL.
0: It it really is. I mean, they've they've improved the offensive line and you got, you know, yeah, I mean you just it's it's damn damn good. You go, holy crap Ola Batman. All right. Now is where it gets interesting here. You know, I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I, I was just
1: I was just adding them to my
0: list. Okay. Yeah. I, I am. You know, it, it might not be as many guys as what we talked about with the Bengals or the Dolphins, but One, their offensive line is better. That's a real thing. It's one of the best offensive lines in football, arguably the best left tackle in football. You know, damn good right tackle. They they got it all. And then, you know, Kittle, maybe best tight end in football. Debo Samuel, him or Jamar Chase, best receivers in the game. Brandon Ayuk, not freaking bad. And then we know, I think you couple that with, you know, Jeff Wilson and the plethora of Elijah Mitchell at running back, all that. I'll go with the 49ers in my second pick.
1: And you throw in the coaching staff, too. That's what and I mean. That so Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan does draws it. it all up. Right. That, that's part of the supporting cast. Yeah. I will go next with the Denver Broncos with all of the weapons that are currently around a guy like Russell Wilson. Yeah. When you have Javante Williams, who was great last year as a rookie running back, they didn't have to give up any of their receivers. Yeah, they had to give up Noah Fant, but they didn't have to give up any of the great receivers they have, led by Jerry Judy, when they did the Russell Wilson trade. So, uh, you know, we, we, we had said last year, this team is pretty good, but for the quarterback position, now they've got a high end quarterback and they have the supporting cast around him. I think one of the reasons
0: why he was attracted to that team, they've got a great supporting cast for a quarterback. Yeah. I I mean, definitely a hundred percent, all line going in the right direction, big time, big time players at the wide receiver position. And then of course, a young running back who's, who's a, a powerful bowling ball type of guy there, so uh, I'm with you there. They were on my list as well. This is where it gets interesting. This is where, man, you got the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Bucks. Woo, man, the Rams are in this conversation. Yeah, you know, I think all in all, I think I'm gonna go with the Bucks though. Here, I am. Now. I want to, I guess what I, I'm, I'm vague, I'm trying to include Gronk in that conversation because I just feel like it's inevitable and, but so I, I'm including him a little bit, but again, it's an overpowering offensive line. It's pretty good running backs. You got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who I know is not going to be good to go till halfway through the year, but I think you couple that with Gronk at, at tight end. Then I go, damn, that's still a lot of firepower for, for a football team.
1: There's a lot of good supporting casts out there. I'm settling on the Raiders. I think the I think you're
0: one. right. I'm with you.
1: You know, and and I've got two of the teams that traded for high-end receivers. So how could you not consider those teams seriously? got Devontae and Adams? Adams and Darren Waller, right, Devontae right. Adams and Darren Waller, and yeah. then Hunter Renfro, wide ass open, as Bruce Arians would yeah. say, underneath because they're focused on Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, and he got Josh Jacobs. The offensive line is uh, you know it's not, solid. Not, yeah. Not not spectacular, but not a liability like right. it is in Cincinnati, or right. at least like it
0: was. Exactly. So
1: yeah, this is a team. You throw in Josh McDaniels, uh, this is a team that uh, he's, you know they got at, Demarcus at Robinson West. in free agency. We're, we're we're you know we're talking about the Broncos. Bar for them is to make the playoffs. I think I think any of these teams should just be happy to not finish last in the division. <laughs> My God, what a meat grinder it's going to be! I All know. right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFC Live right after this.
0: now, I mean, he's not here for, for this part of the phase of offseason training, but you guys still stay in touch with Brady? I don't have Tom's number.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> wow, one awesome. of the guys responsible for protecting Tom Brady doesn't have his number. Now he does. Tristan Wirth does indeed have Tommy's number. Thank you, Tommy, for, for coming down from on high to give Tristan Wirth's your number and and plug who needs to plug Tom plug in your phone baby what in the world he's down in the red doesn't he flip it over to low battery mode when it gets into the red I always do that Tommy's running on fumes there with his burner phone or his main phone Phone, yeah um that's awesome
0: rookies Uh, rookies young players yeah they're not gonna get the number from the star veteran guy right away I
1: thought he reaches out to everybody I thought he texts everybody lfg isn't that, is that false? Are they lying to us? Doesn't he? Doesn't he text everyone like the week of the Super Bowl? Wasn't that part of the That's a good point. That we You're right. Yeah, even think he the would have night, his number the, there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Bob. Oh, oh, Tom. He's texting everybody the night before the game and every
0: week. Oh, All bull crap.
1: Oh, crap. All right.
0: Uh, um, you sound like me. Did you go to Chris Sims Haterville school of Tom Brady no, there? But but but, but no, I know it gets blown media. out of proportion Some of us all in the time and stuff. Like to craft
1: these hero stories. I know And if Tristan what worked did have his crazy. number, he wouldn't get the text messages but we got the week of the Super Bowl. He had to get his motivation elsewhere. By the way, Speaking of fake stories, here's Bob Barker before. Oh, that. look
0: at that. That's amazing. There it is. There Damn. it he yeah. Pre-die. That on the left post-dye. is not good. It's like brownish red. I mean, that's like that's way too young. That's like you're like 19 years old and it's not a good look. <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh, now it's completely white. There was still some darkness in there after he did it, but I remember that vividly. That's it for
0: today. See you the tomorrow. The price is wrong, Florio. See ya. <laughs>